method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades while the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes. Thursday night out of Indie Music Studios, where we're back with the very growing popular show, but we've rebranded it already, thanks to Bruce from ESO. We're calling it The 30. Um, bunch of bunch of guys hanging out, trying to answer questions, get their points, and become the champion of The 30. But let me introduce the staff. Uh, first of all, the co-champion of tonight's show, Jimmy Farrow, had to relinquish his championship um, due to prior commitments. Do they use that in wrestling there, Bruce? Prior commitments? <laughs> this was the first defending champion, too. <laughs> well, no. To be fair, he split it with the player, right? <laughs> so this means that when he comes back, he still has that uh, that championship, that, that fake championship that he can say, mm -hmm. whoever's the champion of that time, hey, I'm challenging you. He, he's still got the belt. That's a great. That's a great idea. But what we have is a guest from the Dan and Benny show. He decided, I'm tired of these four guys. I'm gonna win the title. Dan Sebastiano. Dan, how are you? Uh, great. I appreciate you having me. This should be a lot of fun. Well, I'm wishing you the best. Welcome, you got man. a. You got a very tough uh, team here to defeat. And of course, Mr. Boston, Phil. How are you? Awesome, man. Great to be back. I'm gunning for everybody tonight, so watch Phil, out. Phil, the, fan, up and ready. the fans want you. They do want you to win. <laughs> All right, let's go. Right now, the, the the 30 has decided that the player is the defending champion. 
due to the Pharaoh's prior commitments and contract disputes. <laughs> Travel difficulties. So play it. Vacant has another title. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. You'll open up on the 30, player. We're going to get you on the clock. And I'm going right. to read this to you. Right. CM Punk addresses WWE Survivor Series rumors. When asked about him being and appearing in a Survivor Series, CM Punk said, I think the tickets are sold out or at least very hard to get, the former WWE champion said. I have an injury in the family, Punk explained. My dog Larry blew out his ACL. I'm literally just spending time, my time with him. I know that sounds crazy, but my son and I take care of him and treat him as such. By the way, I didn't know CM Punk had a son. Does he, the question he is? He's saying Larry is his son. He treats oh, okay. his dog as his son. All right. So, okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's a point for you. <laughs> 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 Uh, we're in trouble. <laughs> Player, does the WWE need CM Punk or not need CM Punk? You're on the 30. Go. Does Do they need him? No. I mean, I mean, can they survive without him? Absolutely. But would he be a welcome addition? Uh, again, I would say absolutely. How how can CM Punk not be an addition? And, you know, again, I keep asking questions and I keep answering to myself, but uh, is he is he high maintenance? Absolutely 100% high maintenance. But is is he worth the effort? Yes, I do believe he is. You know, did he did he get screwed in AEW? Yes, I do. Uh, you know, the, the rumors were floating around possibly with him with impact. And I would liken uh, CM Punk to uh, going to impact would be maybe the equivalent of uh, Mickey Mantle after playing center field uh, for the Yankees, you know, winding up with the, the Pahuska pig strippers. And, you know, would Mantle want to do that? No, he wouldn't want to do it. But I, I do think Punk would want to be, uh, you know, playing for the Pahuska pig strippers because I think he realizes what a brilliant mind that he is and what he can add to a, to a federation. The one thing would be that he would have to have the stipulation going in that if you know some idiot jackass like uh, like Jack Perry decided to go into business for himself, that he could uh, GTS that little bitch and knock him into next week. So, wow. but I would say you know anything is possible. I don't see Punk at the at the Survivor Series though. Well done, Benny. You know it's it's funny you bring up uh, Jack Perry. I don't think anybody <laughs> even remembers he's around anymore. I had forgotten he even existed. Well, I guess you're full of comments there, Benny. Okay. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought that was like a general to everybody. No. Yeah, he, he was relevant there. He relevant for about five minutes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, now that, now that the hoopla has gone down, you don't really hear about the guy anymore. Well, There's no reason to. He's, he adds no value. Well, right after you were bringing up your partner in crime from the great Dan and Benny in the ring show. You got that advantage to sit back and listen to your partner. Are you ready to smoke them, Dan? I'll try. All right, we're putting up the 30. You're on the 30. Go. 
If it's the same question, then absolutely. If I was the WWE, they would be foolish not to try and bring CM Punk in. He was the number one merch seller in AEW last month after he was already fired from the company. He just hasn't been there for weeks, and he's still the biggest star they have. So, I mean, you've got that going for you. He's a draw. He sells tickets, headlines, pay-per-views. Do they need him? I agree with Benny that I don't think they're going to hurt or lose any kind of competition anytime soon if they don't have him. But how do you not add who's really the only free agent name on the market right now that's worth the money the second you put him out there? And as far as Punk goes, he doesn't need the money. He's set. So I'm sure they could negotiate a part-time contract. They currently have a heavyweight champion that's 1,000 days, over 100 days since the last time he's defended his title. So they're not above having a big star on the roster that only wrestles five times a year. Bring Punk in. Give him the Lesnar contract. You, you, you get the names, you build the matches, and Punk's, as you saw in AEW, working with your Sean Deans and your Jack Perrys before the fight. He's not above putting over the young guys or being that guy to build up the next star. Put him against a Seth Rollins or uh, somebody like a, a Gunther, or you could even even bring in one of your bigger stars, uh, maybe put you know, have Punk go over in a shock. And if honestly, perfect situation for me, have Punk win the Rumble and go against Cody, who I would put the belt on before Mania, because Mania is going to be Roman and The Rock. Well done, Dan. Great. You sold me on bringing CM Punk in. Well done. Well, we got to go with Mr. Boston Phil. That's a tough one to follow. The champ. Man. Good yeah. leadoff. Dan comes in strong. I don't know how many comments you can make. That's refreshing. But if anyone could do it, it's Phil. You're on to you know 30. It, Go. All right. Well, you know, if he does come back, I think a couple questions come up. Uh, one, for example, is AJ Lee part of the equation? Is he going to try to bring her in? Um, what is she going to demand? And we might recall um, – during some of these fan festivals, some of the uh, prices that she was asking for pictures and that sort of thing. So she has a very high uh, sense of uh, self-worth. So does she come with the deal? And if so, how will she fit in with the rest? Uh-oh, Phil froze. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. We'll, um, He's back. Okay, good. Going back to Dan's point, will, um, will he fit in? He, he, will he be willing to put... WWE superstars over, particularly the ones who might have uh, kind of given him the bad rap and have called him a cancer in the locker room and that sort of thing. Are they willing to work with him? You know, that's another factor, too. AEW is really a fresh pawn for him, but WWE, we're, we're talking about some of the, the same characters who were there when he was there last. Um, is he durable? I mean, he's not getting any younger, and he's certainly susceptible to injury. And if he's injured, is he going to sue the doctor like he did before, Dr. Maroon? I mean, these are questions, too. Um, are they going to be the rain in his volatility? I think that's um, one of the biggest questions in weighing whether he's an asset or a liability. Um, I, I still think he has something to contribute, particularly on the mic. Certainly still in the ring, he can still go. Nice job, but Phil. Nice job, even with the frozen camera. Sorry, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm amazed at you guys. I don't think I could do this. This is pretty difficult, man. This is really difficult. And At first, I thought the number four spot would be an advantage, but I think number four is a disadvantage. What do you think, Bruce? Oh. <laughs> it seems that way every week. Somehow it keeps, <laughs> keeps happening that way. <laughs> All right, Bruce, it's time to redeem yourself. I think you got two points last week, right? Yeah. No, no, last week was zero, and I think it was negative one the week before. All right, there you go. You're on to 30. <laughs> go. 
All right. First of all, I think everybody's missing the, the first message we have to get get out there, which is poor Larry and his torn ACL. We have to yeah. you know uh, make sure that we send uh, our donations to their go his GoFundMe campaign. Um, I'm sure, Mike, if you want to find the address, you can find it and put it up there. So we, we got to do that first of all. Second of all, obviously, it's a the allusion to him appearing at Survivor Series. It's just a tease. He's not going to he's not going to SummerSlam or uh, Survivor Series. Not going to happen that quick. There'll be a more of a build. Um, the real question was, do they need him? WWE doesn't need anybody at this point. That machine's going to keep on rolling no matter who's at the helm. Um, could they use him? Yeah, right now that main event roster is pretty thin. There's not many people built up to the level of the Roman Reigns and the Brock Lesnar's and Punk with his mouth. He can he could be brought in and be brought up to that to that level. He did get that raw deal at the end of his contract at AEW, and uh, you know I, th- I think I heard Benny mentioned something about the uh, him maybe going to Impact, and we know that's not going to happen. Punk is bigger than Impact in, in total. Um, he does he sells a ton of merchandise. He'll bring a lot of eyes. You know, Phil brought up AJ Lee. Hey, if AJ Lee's a part of the package, let's face it, she was one of the best divas out there back in her day, and she would bring she'll bring eyes to the to the uh, to WWE also. So WWE doesn't need them, but they could use them. Well done, Bruce. Well done. Very good points. Really good points. All right, we got a tough race here. Starting up this round, co-host of Dan and Benny the Ring, the leader. Well, sorry, he's in second place behind Mr. Boston. Dan Sebastiano. Here's the question, Mr. Sebastiano. Ric Flair returns to be in Sting's corner. What does this mean to Sting and the AEW? In a shocking moment during the October 25th episode of AEW Dynamite, Ric Flair made his AEW debut as he was revealed as Tony Khan's special guest gift to Sting. He also hinted that he would be with the wrestling icon until he retires. Does this move an embarrassment to Ric Flair and AEW, or is it a move that pushes AEW over the one million mark? Dan, waiting for the clock. You're on the 30. Go. Uh, honestly, the evidence is already out there. Absolutely not. Yesterday's Dynamite, according to WrestleNomics, the numbers they published today was one of the lowest viewed episodes of Dynamite. Ric Flair's segment actually lost viewers after he came out. And that's a shame because you saw last week when Sting made his announcement, Sting deserves every accolade they'll ever get thrown at him, but no one will ever say that Sting is the best promo in the business. And as you saw, it dragged on this time. It dragged on, the segment dragged on, I think, between the dark side of the ring and some of his social media presence. Uh, plus, honestly, the average AEW fan and their age and the kind of wrestling that they like, Ric Flair doesn't mean as much to them as he did 10, 20 years ago when he popped up in Triple H's corner and it was a big deal and he could still go. I also think there's that fear that Ric Flair is going to want to wrestle, the implication that they need another tag partner. Uh, and Ric Flair talking about wrestling again. So, no, I don't think he's going to pop a million viewers. His debut lost viewers, so I don't see if they could do anything with him that would bring people back. 
or increase them. And honestly, as of right now, they're handling the Sting Farewell Tour very poorly. So I don't see what Ric Flair adds to that. I think the best bet here is to just kind of bring out your your legends, your Steamboats, your Ric Flair, uh, maybe somebody like they did recently with, uh, you know, recognizing the Midnight Express. Bring out your periodic legends to hug Sting, give him his accolades and high five. But no, there's no no long-term plan for Ric Flair that I think is going to actually do anything well all right dan good job holy cow good job yeah and an extra point for the dog in the back not game and approval <laughs> <laughs> well not, done not my dog. well done dan <laughs> number two will be eso in the number two spot eso getting some decent points here you're in the yeah, two wow, spot that, that you're on happen. the 30 is rick flair the one to put AEW at the top, or is he going to be the final nail on the coffin? Bruce, you're on the 30. Go. Okay, so normally when somebody gives me a gift, it's something that I I, I want. Who wants Ric Flair sitting in their corner at this point in his career? He's not relevant at this point, unfortunately. So give me some money. Give me a new car. Give me a Give me something. Not Ric Flair coming out. Come on. This is a re- it's supposed to be his farewell tour. Come- don't give me Ric Flair. Um, what is this going to lead up to? This is going to lead up to the pacemaker on a pole match between Sting and Ric Flair, and one of them is going to end up dying. I don't want to see them together. I don't want to see them apart. At this point, both of them are, are legends, but at this point, let's take a step back. Let's take the Hogan route. You're oversaturating us with Ric Flair. Ric Flair stay relevant anywhere he can. Uh, I understand he wants to be part of the business, but at some point he needs to say, take a step back and let somebody else, you know, do something. Um, I don't want to see Ric Flair come out. I'm, I'm tired of all these legends that AEW seems to be collecting and, and putting out there for us to to watch. Let's let's get over some of these younger guys, but not with the. Uh, let, let, let's let these legends build these old guys, these young guys, into something that's watchable. Um, Right now, Steve Borden, Sting, he's built his career. He's, I don't understand how he's still relevant at this point. He built a million-dollar career off of a $10 gimmick. I do, I, uh, I'm proud of him. He's great. He's done everything. Well done, but... Bruce. Even though Benny pulled the foreign object on you, you still hung in there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of foreign objects, Mr. Boston, Phil, you're in the number three spot. All right. Lock up. You're on the 30. Go. I think I think one of the questions, of course, is are we experiencing flair fatigue? You know, he's on all these podcasts. He's, you know, socially media active. Um, you know, we're just coming out of the uh, dark side of the ring not so long ago. In fact, I think it was just long enough for uh, them to bring him back into the good graces of, of, um, of television. Um that's on one hand. On the other hand, he'd fit very well in with the current cast of characters. We mentioned Ricky the Dragon Steamboat still being a, a pretty vital part of AEW. We, of course, mentioned Sting. That's kind of the main connection there. We've got Andrade, his son-in-law. So there are possibilities for different storylines here. A couple of the questions is, are we going to get a sober Ric Flair? I, I hope we are, because I know he admitted at one point he had gone back to drinking. So in terms of his health, I, I worry about that. And, and even further, I think 
I think his uh, leash here might be a little more slack than it would be at uh, WWE. I, you know, one of the commentators were saying, uh-oh, he's going to get naked. <laughs> but they worried about that, and, you know, that might still be a concern. Is he going to feel so comfortable that he's going to, you know, go a little crazy and really, uh, really hug this nature boy uh, gimmick that he has? So... I don't know. It's it's interesting, you know. I don't know that I have player fatigue necessarily yet. I love how Tony Khan honors the legends. I how AEW does flair uh, fatigue couldn't be said better. Not bad, champ. Man. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. You're on the thirty. Go. All right. So the combined age of Ric Flair and Sting is 138. Now, there are fucking Galapagos turtles and fucking sequoia trees that are younger than that. Uh, you know, and, and as far as a gift, you know what? If somebody if somebody wants to give the player a gift, don't bring me Ric Flair. Bring me three Venezuelan hookers. That's what I want. Now, that's a gift. I don't want Ric Flair. Uh, now, you know, it, like Dan said, it didn't. It didn't hot shot the ratings. If it didn't hot shot the ratings this time, it, it's just not going to do it. I mean, I don't think you know the average AEW fan was around when when Ric Flair was at his prime in in the eighties. I I don't think he relates. You know, he's a one time, a one off, you know, a nostalgia act. But on a on a week to week basis, if anything, I think it's going to turn people off. You know, and let's get to Tony Khan here because I have to, you know, I got to give my take on, on Tony Khan. I've been looking at him. I don't know if his father banged E.T. or Rosie the Robot from the Jeffersons. Oh, and and that leads me to another question. Do you think that Rosie the Robot <laughs> queefs? So, Monty, can you ask wow. Danielle that question? Wow. I have to know. I got you to know. Is it oil? <laughs> she does, but it's got a metallic quality to it. Dude, oh, my God. What the hell it's did you guys invite It's not a TIG. It's a <laughs> What, Dan? <laughs> I got You're pretty good in that four spot, champ. You. It gives you a little time to get your your uh, your, yeah. your, your, your act together. Your mojo. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm, I'm shocked I'm going to even ask this, but I got to. Christian Cage brutally mocks Ric Flair following WWE Legends' first ever appearance on AEW. Wrestler Christian Cage is among the best in the world right now. In 2023, with Ric Flair's arrival, it was evident that he had woken up from his slumber. His time from WWE and TNA were quite productive. After recovering from brain ailments, he came out of retirement, joined AEW in 2021. Christian Cage is now giving his greatest performance as TNT champion AEW. Okay. Is Christian Cage the best heel in pro wrestling today, this moment? Opening up is Mr. Boston. Phil. Wow, great question. The 30. All right. You know, he, he very well could be, based on that last promo and the few before. Um, definitely very edgy. Uh, I like this. Um, doesn't go overboard with the cursing, uh, but he is—he uh, is really—he's uh, walking a line right now. 
You know, it's interesting. I think Vince McMahon referred to him as a, as a beady-eyed pretty boy or something to that effect. He wasn't one of Vince's favorites, but um, I think he resembles the remark. I think um, he does. He kind of looks like a, um, an irritating punk. He's, he's got that presentation. He's got a great monster on his side, too. I think one of the best monsters he has in his corner right now um, I think serves a great purpose, too. That whole dynamic there, that, that, that chicken shit cowardly dynamic, he knows how to work very well. I think his, his rejection of Edge a week or two ago, or Adam Copeland, was, was wonderful. And I think that's a whole other angle we can, um, we can explore. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I, I, I think he's learned his craft well. I, I think, again, he's not the most physically imposing kind of guy. So I think he has to offset that with that sort of... Uh, you know, over the line approach. Um, he's caustic without being uh, too crass. He's smart in his delivery, and he's saying things I think that sometimes we believe, and we might not want to acknowledge either. So I think he serves a great Damn. purpose. He's a great foil Damn, for Phil. a lot. Of I gotta tell you, I think you sold me on Christian Cage right there. I've never been a fan. I think that's the closest I've ever become to becoming a fan of his. Nice job. Thanks, man. In the two spot is the champ. Champ, you're throwing a lot of foreign objects while your other partners are going. You, you got dogs, banging chairs, anything to interrupt. This guy wants to hold on to his title at any cost. Play it's, it's, it's the playmates outside wanting to get in the house. <laughs> you're on the 30. Go. Well, I, you know, in my opinion, uh, the best heel in professional wrestling is a babyface. And that's MJF, uh, and I think it's just a matter of time till till he reverts back to his uh, his heel form. Because I mean, there is there is no greater heel in professional wrestling, and there hasn't been I don't think in a long time. I think actually since maybe Piper than MJF. The guy's just phenomenal. Now, will will he translate to the WWE? I don't think so because I just I think the guy's too small. I I mean I look at the guy and the guy's built well. But I, I don't see him squaring off against the Roman Reigns, and it, it just wouldn't be believable to me. But back to Christian, I, I, I've always liked Christian. Christian it was great, whether he be a heel or a babyface. I, you know, when, when he was with Edge, arguably one of the greatest ENC, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I, I liked him when they, they made him a champ in uh, WWE. The, the, the one more match thing uh, with Randy Orton, I thought he was great in that. I do think, and I give the guy all the credit in the world. I mean, the guy's pushing 50. I'm not sure if he's 50 yet. He's really close if he's not. But, I mean, I, the guy is doing some of the best work of his entire career. So you got to give him credit for that. I would, is he the best heel? I would say no, but he's probably in the top three. And, I mean, I, I, I really, I'm enjoying watching him. Good job, champ. Well done. All right. In the three spot, Bruce, you're in this one, man. You can taste the gold. <laughs> Is Kristen the greatest, well, best heel in today's wrestling right now? You're on a, the 30. Go. Um, no. Flight, plain and simple, no. <laughs> there are way better heels than Christian out there. I can just... Okay, Benny already mentioned one in AEW alone, and that's MJF. Let's move into WWE. Who's their top heel right now? 
When the guy walks in the building, the crowd boos so loud he cannot speak. And Dominic. Dom. Yeah. Dom, Dom. Dom Mysterio is the best heel in wrestling right now, bar none. Let's see. Who else would I say would be better? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a way better heel. I'll go even further. I'll go and tell you my favorite heel right now. That's Gunther. How could anybody say that Christian Cage is a better heel than Gunther? Not happening. Why do you have a 50-year-old man calling out a 70-year-old man in a promo? Come on. That's stupid. This is – how about the 50-year-old man Why? call it's out a 30-year-old It's been happening to me for the last week and a half. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That 50-year-old should be calling out a 30-year-old. Those 50-year-olds should be growing the younger roster, not calling out each other a 50-year-old man. This is not the way it should be going right now. I feel like I'm watching WCW again. We're bringing in all the old – players and what are they going to do they're they're taking up money they're taking up time they're taking up space and what's going to happen in the long run they're going to have nothing left in the end end of story well done bruce great round great points all right coming up from the rear is our special guest from the great dan and benny in the ring by the way that guest you had on how many times have you had him on your show dan you talking about uh the episode we aired this week? Yes, sir. That's a good question. I think at least four or five. It's always George, you mean? George yeah, has been on, I think, six, always six times. To George. How many? I think six. Oh, wow. Okay. Five or, yeah, five or six. That sounds about right. And I got yeah. to tell you, for six times, it's great every time. That guy is incredible. Unbelievable. Great speaker. But speaking of great speakers, is Christian the greatest heel in pro wrestling right now? You're on the 30. Go. Is he the most over heel? No, but you also can't hold that against him because you're not going to get the same amount of booze when you have 10,000 less people in the building. When you look at AEW versus a typical SmackDown or Raw where Dominic's going to be, uh, I was just at the Norfolk Scope for Raw a couple weeks ago, and it was sold out. I don't think AEW sold out a non-pay-per-view in, in two, you know, a year at least. Uh, I mean, you saw the pictures of how empty the arena was, Edge's promo or Sting's retirement. But uh, as far as is he the best working heel, I think he is, and I think you have to give him the credit because a good heel makes a good face. You wouldn't have Hulkamania without Piper. You wouldn't have Bruno without all the great legends he worked with. When you look at the people that – Christian's been able to get good storylines to actually care about. Luchasaurus. Uh, we mentioned earlier with Jack Perry. These guys are charisma vacuums. Not only do they have no charisma, but people that are in the ring are worse just by standing next to them. And wow. he makes them look like a million bucks every wow. time. Now, I will say I think his constantly jabbing people with their, with their dead father promos might be a shtick that doesn't go over as well with some people as it does with others. But everything he says is gold. The fans hang on every word. And really, when your biggest heel in the company is your face champion, Christian's the only constant heel they have that gets the right heat from the right kind of people. He is the best. He may not be the most over, but as far as AEW goes, he is the best working heel they have right now without question. Well done, Dan. Well done. Guys, this is a tight race. This next question after this round, we'll knock two players out, leading us up to the championship. This this game is severely, severely tight. Okay. 
Marty Gennetti, we all know Marty, <laughs> says Hulk Hogan had a drug-filled gumball machine at one of his crazy parties. When asked to describe a party thrown by Hulk Hogan, Marty Gennetti wasn't shying about giving a few details. He said that the Hall of Famer had a gumball machine full of drugs. So patrons of the party just had to take their chance with the pills that came out. The question is, is Marty telling the truth? Is he full of shit? And is Hulk Hogan turning out to be not such a real American? Opening this one up is ESO. Bruce... It's a big one. Win and you're in. Lose and you're off to the land of Misfit Toys. You're on the 30. Go. Okay, so let's take this at face value. We have the words of Marty Gennetti against some against the words of a Hulk Hogan. Neither one of them knows the, the truth if it hit them in the face. Love Marty to death, but Marty does tend to exaggerate just about everything that, uh, that he talks about. Um... Love him to death, but last week he told me he put some guy in the hospital because he hit him with a hammer. I, didn't, I think if Marty Gennetti was in a fight with somebody and the hammer came out and the guy went to the hospital, we'd probably read about it in some tabloid somewhere. So um, do I believe Marty? No. However, do I believe that Hulk Hogan threw some ridiculous parties with some ridiculous drugs? Hell yeah. We've all heard about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan loves his pot. Um, they used to. We're talking about the 80s. You know, that cocaine was prevalent just about everywhere back then, and uh, I don't think either one of them would have uh, turned down a, a joint or a, uh, or a line at that point in their careers. Um, do I believe Marty, though, with a gumball machine? No, come on. The, what, what would have been in it at that point? I mean, they would have, what was that, Quaaludes or, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not big on the 80s drugs, but I always think of, of cocaine and, and pod and the Quaaludes as the big stuff back then. So... What, what could have what would have been in there? Barbiturates? I don't know. I no. I think Marty's full of shit on this one. I have to say, sorry, Marty. <laughs> but uh, love you anyway, my brother. All right, Bruce. This is probably the farthest you've ever gotten this competition. <laughs> Presently, uh oh, looks like more foreign objects. Presently, <laughs> you're in the lead and staying wow, away from the land of misfit toys. Whoa. At number two. One half of Dan and Benny in the ring. You just heard him. Dan Sebastiano. Dan, you get the lead, you stay alive. You fall behind, you're on the land of Misfit Toys. You're on the 30. Go. Uh, absolutely not. No, there's no way he's telling the truth. I mean, you look at the recent stories, killing someone in a bowling alley, beating someone with a hammer, uh, some of the hooker stories that came out during his... Uh, his dark side of the ring episode no absolutely and there's a couple things one you, you on the one side you've got Janetti and his exaggerations on the other side you've got hulk hogan who just recently did an interview where he said he was in the locker room when bruiser brody's throat was slit other than the fact that he wasn't there and bruiser brody was stabbed in the stomach that story is perfectly true but you've got so many other problems here one Anybody that knows anything about Hulk Hogan that's talked about him in that era, there's no way he has a vending machine giving out drugs because Hulk Hogan is a cheap bastard who wouldn't give his drugs out for free. If there was a vending machine, you'd be putting money into it to get the random pills, that's for sure. But 
No, so no, I, I think it falls apart the second you think about it for more than a few seconds. Plus, the other side of it being at the time period that this story would have taken place, Janetti wouldn't have been high enough on the cart to get invited to one of Hulk Hogan's parties. So I think it falls apart the more you think about it, uh, the more you look at it. And uh, also, I think when you have to <laughs> you have to look at the whole scheme of of everything Janetti said, the party, the drugs, that did Hogan have it? Sure, absolutely. Everybody knows the Hulkster had the best parties. You put your quarter in, you turn it. What do you get out of that vending machine? You either get a prayer, a vitamin, or a tablet that'll help you train hard, I guess. I don't know. But you have, you've got so much going on here that just falls apart if you think about it for more than a few seconds. I like Marty Janetti. He's a good man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but this story 100% false. Dave Meltzer level on Nice job, Dan. Wow. Well, ESO, you're still alive with 44, but unfortunately, Dan has passed you. So if this next player passes you, the producer will be sending you right to the Land of Misfit Toys midstream. Yeah, I haven't been there before. Yeah, but you, <laughs> That's true. It's a place you're used to being at. Mr. Boston, you're up. Big Phil, I know Marty's a close friend. You got to tread lightly. <laughs> I will. He might look at your LinkedIn if you don't. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm Go. ready. The third. You know, unless it was a costume party and Dr. George Saharian was dressed as a gumball machine, I'm a little dubious of this claim. You know, what would be in this gumball machine anyway? Would it be testosterone sipinate? Would it be... Uh, some kind of anabolic? Would it be uh, Winstraw for leaning out? Who knows? Um, you know, both these guys suffer from, and as our as our fearless leader in the White House does too, a little bit of a Walter Mitty syndrome. Now, Walter Mitty was a main character in a short story by a writer named James Thurber, and he went through his life just tripping out and imagining all these crazy things, and uh, none of which were true. But he didn't really do any harm to anybody, you know. Marty's a good old country boy, my love, and good old country boys are given to embellishing the truth or gilding the lily, as they say. Um, and I think he knows that we know that what he's saying is, uh, is you know, not 100% verifiable. But um, the Hulkster, on the other hand, I think he, I think he actually believes now some of the some of the wild things he says, and you know. He can get a pass because he's, he's an icon, I think, too, and because he's, he's getting up there in age, too. But, um, you know, I bet the, I bet it was a little uh, like a Roman party or something, but, um, you know, I, I don't think it was a gumball well machine. Well done, Phil. Well done. Wow, that's tight. Dan still staying in the lead with Mr. Boston one point behind. But you know what this means, ESO, with 44 – we have to send you off to the land of misfit toys. You did a great job, though, my friend. You did the best you can. Well done, great sir. Bruce. Later, guys. Goodbye, Bruce. Peace, Bruce. All right, champ. <laughs> you got a bit to go. You may. This is a tough question. This is really. I'm wishing you the best, champ. We're putting the third 130 up. I hope you're ready. Champ. You're on the 30. Go. Yeah, this is really a tough one. I mean, you're talking about two guys that, for if their lives depended on it, they couldn't they couldn't pass a polygraph test on their best day. And Marty has been given to some wild exaggeration, but you know what? 
I'm going to go with him on this one. I'm going to go against the grain. And I don't know if any of you have seen this. There's a very uh, uh, impactful video from The Ultimate Warrior uh, about Hulk Hogan. It's about 45 minutes long. And one of the things that one of the first uh, things that Warrior talks about was Hogan's drug abuse. He said uh, that uh, Hogan carried a fanny pack around with him all day long, and it was he called it his gimmicks. And that's what Hogan used to stay high all day long. He said there were some days that Hogan never even left the house because he was so high. Now, as far as the gum hole machine, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe that's where Marty's maybe tripping up a little bit. But I was thinking, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the movie UHF with uh, Weird, Gal- Weird Al Yankovic, uh, mm-hmm. where they uh, have, like, different game shows. And there was one called uh, Wheel of Fish. You just spun it around. <laughs> there's a bunch of, like, there's a cod, a tuna, or, you know, a whole bunch of mackerel. Uh, maybe it was something like that, or like, what was that uh, pay-per-view uh, with uh, spin the wheel, make the deal, so you spin oh, yeah. the wheel, the wrestle, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever match they got. Maybe that, like, there was a whole bunch of drugs on a wheel, and whatever, whatever they spun and they got, they had to take. Oh man, champ, well done, but the distance was just a little bit too far. We're gonna have to see you as you're going to the land of misfit toys, my oh, friend. Yes. God bless, champ. But wow, now the champ is vacated. Uh-oh. We've got the guest against the mainstay for the final question. Are you ready? Hulk Hogan is charging $250 per autograph, while other wrestlers are charging anywhere from 40 to 20 or on the high end, AJ Lee at 900 Yeah. Tell us. Do the wrestlers have a right to charge that much, or is this just out of control? One half of Dan and Benny in the ring. You're going to open this up, pal. Winner take all. You could be the new champ. You're on a 30. Go. On one hand, no, absolutely not. I'm a huge Hulk Hogan fan. Half my desk at work is decorated with the Hulk Hogan memorabilia that I've collected through the years, but I'm not paying that much for him. Uh, On the other hand, I'm torn because... If people are willing to pay it, then they're willing to get it. I mean, good for him for still knowing his worth all these years later. The fact that he can charge $200 more for an autograph than people that are on TV every week today just shows either his star power or the lack of star power today. I think uh, I was at Tidewater Comic Con here in uh, Virginia during uh, a couple months ago, and I got a picture autograph combo with Sergeant Slaughter and Axe and Smash in their demolition gimmicks. And it was a hundred dollars across all three. And I paid extra because Sergeant Slaughter agreed to put me in the camel clutch. I was dressed in his Iraqi sympathizer gimmick. Great stuff. Uh, so to think uh, a 10 second handshake and maybe a picture for $250. No, absolutely not. I wouldn't pay it. It's ridiculous. Uh, but then if anybody knows anything about how many stories have come out through the years of Hulk Hogan, and the contract issues he's had because of the sheer volume of money that he demands from people in some cases worth it. As you saw with WWF in some cases, not as you saw with the entire run in TNA and his, at the end of WCW, but no. And then AJ Lee, $900. I seriously hope that's a gimmick. Same thing with uh, Mercedes Monet charging five grand for her uh, cameo videos. Absolutely not. If you're not worth it, you're just insulting the fans by saying, yeah, well done, Dan. All right, Phil, it's tough. You're 12 points behind, a minute 30. 
wow, the newcomer may be walking away with this title, never to return. He may go to another organization with it. Who knows? <laughs> All right, Phil, you're on the 30. Go. You know, I think the Hulk, the Hulk is just plumb that crazy, man. And, you know, we know he doesn't need the money. Between his career earnings in, in wrestling and in merchandise and the movies, television, his gawker lawsuit really set him up very well. I know his... His marriages might have put him behind a little bit, but, you know, I think maybe he's just doing this for status. Obviously, he's trying to rebuild his legend. I mean, given his recent exaggerations and that sort of thing, and maybe he's trying to impress his new wife. I don't know. But uh, it's not a money thing with him. I truly think it's an ego thing. And I think when you pursue um, something like that because of ego, I think you're ultimately going to lose. And, you know, maybe he's trying to create a situation where his autograph is rare, but I mean, I think so many people over the years have it now and, you know, granted it's still, you know, something to cherish for the fan. I don't think it's going to ever reach that, that rare status, like that have to get sort of thing. So, yeah. And you know what, in this time, in these, in this day and age when gas is like near $5, I mean, you know, we're, we're really Hulkster, a little bit of a disconnect here, you know? You know, your average fan isn't going to be able to part with that. Your average fan can come up with $400 in an emergency, you know, recent stats tell us. So, yeah, it's kind of a slap in the face, I think. Um, yeah, it, 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 doesn't, uh, it doesn't really pair well with the Hulkster. I think he needs to reconsider that and drop it down, you know. All right, by, Phil, that's uh, it. And look at this. We got another tie. <laughs> Go, Chip. <laughs> Dan, you're going to have to come back to defend that title. Woo! I want to thank you guys yeah, for joining nice. the 30. We'll see you awesome, next week. Man. All right, Brandon.